Welcome to the Center for Grassland Studies podcast series. I'm your host, Margo McKendry, Program Coordinator for the Center. In today's episode, I'll be chatting with Sean Kelly, Range Field Specialist for the Mid-Missouri River Prescribed Burn Association in South Dakota. Our topic is the South Dakota Grazing School Follow-Up Program. Welcome, Sean. Thank you so much for taking time to visit with me today. You bet. Happy to be here. To begin our conversation, I was wondering if you could give us some history of the South Dakota Grazing School follow-up program. When was it created and what was the purpose behind it originally? It was created in 2017. Myself, uh, Dave Steffen, and uh, Dan Rasmussen, who will also be down at the conference, we were the three that got together back then to kind of formulate something to come together for a follow-up program, really. And the purpose of it was the South Dakota Grazing School. It's a two-day grazing school that we hold once a year. It's almost can be information overload for a lot of the participants at the school. And to take all that information back home to your ranch and try to start applying some of it, it can just be a little overwhelming. So we wanted to try to figure out a way to where we could work more one-on-one with some of the producers that wanted more help with more one-on-one stuff at their ranch to kind of implement some of the stuff that was covered in the South Dakota Grazing School. And you kind of addressed who the principal drivers were of the program, yourself and a couple of others. How did you go about funding the program? So the program is funded um, mainly through some federal grants from NRCS. Those are kind of work through the South Dakota Grassland Coalition, which Dan Rasmussen, he, at that time that we started this program, he was the vice chairman of the South Dakota Grassland Coalition. Dave Steffen had been previous president of it and a continued member of it. And uh, South Dakota State University Extension is very deeply involved with uh, the South Dakota Grassland Coalition as well. So it was mainly federal grants that um, that were given to the Grassland Coalition which um, funded the majority of getting this program off the ground. And can you talk to us about what are some of the principal topics of this school? Basically, conducting a, a ranch inventory, a complete ranch inventory is kind of where we start. We cover it at the grazing school, but, you know, it can get, it's very fast paced. But really, um, we help individuals, producers conduct a very in-depth ranch inventory, which can which not only includes the natural resources of the ranch, will also help them conduct an inventory on their human resources, um, financial resources. We don't provide any financial advice. We point them in the direction of who to talk to, whether they're bankers or their accountants or lawyers, to work on that side of it. And then obviously, you know, just the physical resources, of machinery, equipment, and all that. I mean, we don't get in too in-depth in that, but just give them the tools to work on that. We as the consultants, we mainly focus on the natural resource side, which is what is mostly covered at the grazing school. And what about grazing strategies and approaches? Um, are there some that are emphasized more? I'd say it, a lot of it really depends on the ranch and the producer. That's really where, you know, helping them conduct a complete ranch inventory comes first because you know, we have some ranchers who maybe they already have a very elaborate rotational grazing system on their ranch, and maybe we're working with another ranch that 
has not done any kind of rotational system in the past and they're thinking about starting something, you know, we don't want them jumping into a 40 paddock, you know, management intensive deal. You know, we just want to emphasize, you know, if you're going to start making some changes to your grazing strategies to, especially if you've never done it before, to really start slow, start on a small section of the ranch you know, keep your investment costs to a minimum until you get familiar with the practices and, you know, just kind of expand out from there. And really the grazing strategy is, you know, we just emphasize over and over. It's kind of that old rule of thumb of take half, leave half, you know, manage for your resources, you know, make sure those plants have those reserves to stay vigorous for the following year. We try to, you know, illustrate and show them what happens when you do overgraze year after year you deplete those root reserves in those plants and pretty soon you know a lot of your desirable native range plants disappear and you have a pasture full of invasive grasses and invasive other plants. So as far as instructors are concerned is it you and the other two gentlemen or do you have some other folks getting involved in helping you with the teaching and then um, in addition to that uh, where is it taught and how are you teaching it? Indoors, outdoors? So it's, it's the follow-up program is conducted at um, whichever individual's ranch. It's a minimum of four visits we do to the ranch. As far as instructors, it's, it's really a neat combination. Um, when we first started, it was myself, Dan Rasmussen, and Dave Steffen. Um, Dave, unfortunately, is no longer with us. He passed away last year. But uh, we've grown it to, I think we have 10 consultants now, and it's a mix of full-time ranchers, extension people like myself, retired NRCS people. But it's really a neat combination of extension, retired NRCS, and full-time ranchers. Well, it's nice to see that you're broadening the instructor group there and getting such um, diversity, actually. Yeah, and I should—I forgot. I'm one of our one of our main consultants. He does a lot of the work. Is he's a full-time private range consultant, and he's he actually moved back to his family's ranch in Atkinson, Nebraska. So, but he still comes up to South Dakota and does a lot of consulting work for us. Good, good. Now, can you tell us about the impacts? So, how many people have attended the uh, program? And how have they been uh, impacted by what's been going on and what they've been learning? Yeah, so um, when we first started, we tried to keep it keep the numbers pretty low when it was just the three of us as consultants. We each worked with a couple of ranches the first year just to kind of get our feet wet with it. And as we moved on, um, you know, like I said, I think we're up to about eight or nine consultants now. And I, it kind of depends. Like I usually work with maybe minimum one, maximum maybe two ranches is about all I really, with my workload, I want to work with. Some of the others, they work with, you know, seven or eight ranches and have the time to be able to do that. So it really kind of depends. But I think on average, probably now we're probably working with anywhere from, you know, 15 ranches a year, give or take. It kind of just depends each year. Wow, that's still quite a few, really, uh, especially yeah. if you're going and visiting at least four times with each one of them. That's quite a bit. Yeah. When we're assigning um, consultants to the different ranches, um, that's kind of what Dan, Dan's kind of the head man of the consultant program now. And You know, if we got 
some of the ranchers that are consultants in the northwest corner of the state, we try to pair them up with, you know, ranches that are wanting consultation in that. So we can kind of eliminate the travel to, you know, somebody isn't driving clear across the state four or five times. But Sure, sure. Now, of the folks that you've worked with already, do you have some specific success stories that maybe you could share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, and I know Dano, Dano certainly have some too. A couple of the ranches that I've worked with, it's been kind of neat. They've kind of been on both sides of the spectrum. I worked with a ranch over on the eastern side of the state and, um, they, uh, it was a younger couple that attended the grazing school and they already had a very well managed, well run ranch and were doing a lot of innovative things with rotations and stuff like that. They were really trying to get a lot of the smooth brome under control on the ranch as well. And we're just really doing a phenomenal job on the, on the management side. And really, I think they just wanted some reinforcement that what they were doing was right and it was good. And, you know, they were taking care of their, their natural resources, taking care of the rangeland resource. And so that was kind of neat to kind of just, yeah, what you're doing is great, you know, keep it going. And then the last producer I worked with was a, uh, younger couple who had moved back to the area to take over the ranch from their parents and it had always been a, a very well-managed ranch but he wanted to the younger gentleman who'd moved back home he wanted to do some implement some rotational grazing and you know kind of do a little more innovative stuff maybe kind of see if he could increase his stocking rates a little bit through some rotations and I worked with him and we showed him how to get a complete inventory done so we could see what the potential of that ranch was. And then really from there, helped him set up some exposure cages, helped him do some transects so we could set up some monitoring. And then, you know, he was really kind of gung-ho to, you know, just start chopping the place up with cross fences left and right and just kind of pull back the reins a little bit and kind of told him, let's start over here, start with a single strand of poly wire, some above ground pipelines, you know, stuff that doesn't cost a lot of money and it's not permanent. You can move the stuff around and just start on, you know, one end of the ranch and we'll see how it goes. And he's been doing that for, uh, I worked with him in 19 and he's expanded what he's been doing on out to other areas of the ranch. So that's been neat as well. So it's nice to kind of get them started on a few things instead of jumping in you know, with both feet to see what's actually going to work on their ranch. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I stress that so much, you know, so many producers come to these grazing schools and they see what some of the, you know, some of the other ranchers that present at these grazing schools are excellent managers, but they've also been doing it for 20 or 30 years and taken 20 or 30 years to develop their rotational systems with a lot of trial and error. And, so I just I try to emphasize to people starting with new stuff like this, just start slow, start on a little section of the ranch. I don't I don't want you to go broke. I don't want you to spend enormous amounts of money, even with cost share programs and everything else. I know it's tempting, but just start slow and start on a small part of the ranch. And if it works good, then just slowly expand out. Well, it's nice to set a, a firm foundation for moving forward then. So good. So what's the future of the program, do you feel? I think the future is definitely bright. Um, there's definitely a continued need for it. Um, 
when we first started this, the we held uh, one grazing school a year, and that was in Chamberlain, South Dakota, which is right in the center of the state. And that expanded into doing two grazing schools back to back. And uh, this year now, we are doing a grazing school on the west side of the state, a grazing school in the central part of the state, and now another grazing school up by Watertown in the eastern part of the state. And we usually get, a, I'd say, anywhere from 50 to 75 percent of the attendants want follow-up of some sort. A lot of the people that do sign up for follow-up, some of them may just want you to come out for the day and help them identify plants. And that's fine. We're happy to do that as well. And then there's others that want, you know, full-on help me do an inventory. Let's set up a monitoring plan. Let's set up, a, you know, a, man, a management plan. So. Well, it's good that you're meeting the needs, whatever they may be, for mm -hmm. the producers that come to you. So I'm sure that's greatly appreciated, too. Yeah, it is. It's, like I said, definitely the, the grazing school can be a little bit of information overload sometimes because it's a lot of information over a, over a day and a half. And you kind of, your head can be spinning afterwards. Well, Sean, I want to thank you again for joining me today. I really do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and providing information to our listeners. You bet. Happy to do it. Sean will be making a presentation entitled Changes in Grazing Management from Continued Educational Programming at the Nebraska Grazing Conference taking place August 9, 10, and 11 in Kearney, Nebraska. To learn more about the conference or to register, go to grassland.unl.edu. Thank you for listening.